Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, this is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb. What a Doug Gottlieb Show in the bonus on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Welcome in. Hope you're doing well. Um, here we are as we approach. Here we are as we approach. I guess week four in college football and week three in the NFL. Although it's weird because it's they had the week zero, so it could be really week five, but considered week four in college football. And it's a gigantic college football weekend. And, and for me, just me, I think Notre Dame-Ohio State is the game that has the most impact. And can I share with you why? Why, sure, Doug. It's called the Doug Gottlieb Show or called In the Bonus with Doug Gottlieb. Okay, so here's the deal. Urban Meyer used to beat up on Michigan. Ryan Day, started by beating up on Michigan, has lost the last two times round, and it feels like Michigan's a little bit better this year. Additionally, so there's a Ryan Day has to prove himself sort of thing. His offenses have put up big numbers. His defense wasn't great. He brought in Jim Knowles. It got better last year, and it's supposed to be even better this year, but we don't know until they take on the Irish. And the Irish were always limited by what we thought was 
a really, really good but unlikable coach in Brian Kelly. Right? I'm not saying you don't have to – like, Brian Kelly's perfect in the SEC. Literally perfect in the SEC. Because the SEC, like, your own fan base likes you until they turn on you, and no other fan base does. And Notre Dame, though, because of uh, some of the sideline shots of his purple-faced anger early on in his career, some of the early things, and then, you know, frankly, they get to the college football playoff twice, I believe they got there, and they just they weren't talented enough. Marcus Freeman is a guy that does have kind of the swag, the personality. He's much more buttoned up. He's much more, I don't know, just kind of exudes a little bit more elegance on the sideline for Notre Dame. And then you add in the fact that they have a quarterback who comes over from Wake Forest who's a star, like a stud. And it feels like a classic, really good Notre Dame team, right? Like Notre Dame's issues are usually – you know, in the defensive backfield, on the defensive line, in terms of, um, you know, they don't get the transfers. They sometimes don't get, you know, the five-star freak athletes, guys that want to come up out of the South to, to play in South Bend. And though they're good at tight end and usually have a good, very good running backs and maybe one wide receiver, again, the depth of speed and talent. This feels like a little bit different Notre Dame and a little bit different Ohio State. And Ohio State's a sizable favorite at Notre Dame. And like the the trickle down to it is Notre Dame loses this game, regardless of what their record is, you're going to sit back and, you know, they got SC later on in the year, right? So they'd have to beat USC and have to hope USC is really good in order to get in the college football playoff. But it's also kind of about reputations. And for the Big Ten, Right, Ohio State still has Michigan and Penn State, and then potentially, if they were to run the table, they'd have the Big Ten championship game. Like, this is a real, real interesting game, and it has all sorts of ramifications for how we feel about the programs, the head coaches, and kind of the, the short-term future of that the program and the head coaches. Like, I think outside perception is Marcus Freeman's going to recruit really better at Notre Dame than anyone else could have at Notre Dame as a former Ohio State guy, right? First of all. Secondly, like he just, he feels like a 2023 to 2030 coach. It looks like he could still play. You know, he's not out there yelling and screaming at dudes. Like he looks, not that Ryan Day is out there yelling and screaming, old school, grabbing guys' face, mask, Lou Holt style, but Ryan Day is dealing with who he follows. Right, he followed Urban Meyer, who failed in the NFL but did not fail at Ohio State. They were good every year. They beat Michigan every year. And you felt like they had a chance to win a championship every year. So in a weekend where we're paying attention to all these, there's a ton of really good and interesting ranked games. I think Ohio State and Notre Dame, that's the most interesting and telling of them all. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.
There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Let's get to what the fox says. And now. <laughs> what does the fox say? Every day in the bonus here on the Doug Gottlieb Show, uh, on the iHeartRadio app and on this this podcast. We play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports Radio. Here's Brady Quinn talking about Justin Fields and the Bears offense. I'm not completely throwing like an OC under the bus, but this offense is not one you turn on every week and go, yeah, let's copy that play. Let's put that on our playbook. Mm. And that's what Justin Fields is up against. And so I'm sure there's there's times where – and by the way, we saw this the first four games last year. Like they kept trying to make Justin Fields a quarterback who isn't going to utilize his legs. Let the man run. Put in some quarterback run. Put in some of that stuff that allows him to utilize that. He'll develop eventually into what you want him to be, hopefully. And if not, then, then he won't. And you just got to keep playing to those strengths. But – I don't feel like this offense is set up for Fields to succeed the way everyone on the outside is wanting to see at this point in his career. And so it's an uphill battle every week for Bears fans like yourself, Jonas. I'm sorry to admit that, but you guys all want to see him take this huge leap, this huge step. I don't think it's happening. Uh, I don't think it's happening either. I don't think Justin Fields is is a very good NFL quarterback, you know? And I do think there's a, I understand, I actually understand as the athlete, right? Like you can't be a robot out there. I I don't know if I went into this, like this is actually Jay Stu, something that I coach to kids, right? Which is we cannot be robots, right? You have to be a player. You have to be able to have feel and express yourself and play your style. But there's, there's a mix there. You can't just do it your way. And you can't just be a robot. It's somewhere in the middle. It's the processing of all this information and the ability then to just go out and play. And he hasn't found that healthy mix yet. He just has not. 
And it's really hard when you're thrown into the fire and your team's not that good and you have to – I mean, look, the, this is one of those why haven't Ohio State uh, quarterbacks for the longest time succeeded. You know, why haven't they succeeded? And USC, for the most part, had quarterbacks that oftentimes didn't succeed when Pete Carroll had just super teams. When you have guys running wide open, that's not normal for the NFL. You actually have to read defenses, manipulate safeties. There's so many things you have to do. And sometimes it's better to go to an inferior team and figure it out the hard way. And maybe that's why Ohio State guys in the past haven't succeeded. I was thinking this. Remember Willie Beeman, uh, Jamie Foxx's character sure. on Any Given Sunday? I was thinking this last night. Uh, the Justin Fields thing reminds me of that character. Like, the concept of ignoring the coaches and just doing it my way, that was what Any Given Sunday was all about. Yeah. I mean, like, th- this is, but this is, a, it's a real thing in the world of sports. You know, it is, it is not made up in any way. And uh, I find it to be fascinating. You know, fascinating that, that, um, uh, that we're having this discussion in public and people don't really know how to how to digest it, right? We don't really know how to digest it. And my digestion of it is there is a, you you have to be able to be you while being able to um, absorb the coaching, absorb the preparation. And if you can't find that happy medium, if you just try and do it your way, it ain't going to work. And if you just try and be a robot, it ain't going to work. And that I think is something for that, that's difficult for many people to deal with. This was Keyshawn Johnson talking about Coach Prime one day coaching in the NFL. All coaches have goals. Their goals is to win big at the level that they are. But when you think about the National Football League, it's the top of the top of the top, as you would say, right? It's the top. They conquer something. Doesn't mean that at some point in time, Dion's going to conquer something at Colorado and say, you know what? I want to change some things at the next level because they're getting ready to give me a real opportunity and let me do it my way. And I understand what reports say is bigger colleges and things of that nature. Right now, there is nowhere else to go as far as college goes. Why would I? Why? Unless I just don't want to be in the snow anymore, shoveling snow because I'm from Florida. That's the only reason. Because where else am I going to go? What other college, based on where my program is, you say, well, they can pay you $10 million. They can play. They go at some point, they're going to be able to pay them $10 million a year in Colorado. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, so it, 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 it ain't right, going right, to be a right. money play. No. It's going to be a goal. What? What's my goal? I've already won a national title at Colorado or I've been in contention. I now want to go to the league because they're opening up the door. Absolutely. That's why I feel yeah. that the NFL – is a call of it. Matt Rule try. I mean, they, that's what they do. And why do they fail? Why do they fail? Because in the NFL, it is absolutely positively not about the head coach. It is absolutely positively about the players. And in college football, it is absolutely about the head coach. It is, but you learn about the players. And again, like, I, I I think I hate the we have fucking idiots on Twitter. 
and on social media and in the media and on radio and on TV and the, you guys thought Coach Prime would never work. Like, that was never actually uttered. It was, I got no idea how this works with basically a whole new team and you didn't have spring ball. That's a really hard one. And when you have your quarterback and star player step up from a lower level and have to play right away, you know, and now have to play against a a pretty difficult schedule from this point forward and starting with TCU on the road. That's what was said. Because from my chair with my microphone, of course they're going to get players. Of course they're going to get dudes. And his personality, that's what college football is about. But Keyshawn is missing it like, Do you think NFL players respect Prime? Yes. And winning their respect is a gigantic part of being a head coach. But are they used to or do they like making it about the head coach? No, they don't. Now, here's where Prime could be different and could prove all of us wrong. And he's previously expressed no interest to coach the NFL because he knows that. He knows that. Uh, But... He's so well-regarded, he's so well-respected by former players and current players that it's a lot like, you know, a LeBron sort of thing, only he's actually coached, coached at the youth level then coached in college uh, two times over. Um, you know, I, 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 again, I think the difference would be in college and what Dion has completely nailed is his job is about getting players, about being the spokesperson for a football program for an entire university about providing energy, about motivational speeches in the NFL. It's just about winning football games, nothing else. It doesn't mean you can't win football games that way, but if you don't like you and you can't just go out and say, Hey, we have better players than everybody else. You know? So I think they've been exceptionally well coached. I think guys play hard for him. I do wonder what that looks like in the NFL. I think most guys would still play hard for him. But how do you deal with the idea that your words, your panache, your that does that totally work? Right, like, take the John Gruden example. He became, he kind of wanted to be the next John Madden, right? And he was in there early and he was a grinder before he was a broadcaster. But John Gruden, whether he actually worked that early in the morning or not, he was in there every morning at 4.30. It was a, it's a grinder's role. It's, it is about X and O's, not as much about Jimmy's and Joe's. And it's definitely not about the word of a head coach. Or the name of a head coach. This is Colin Coward talking about Baker Mayfield. Tampa's got a history of loading up a franchise from time to time and being great. Could this be, for the next two to three years, the Geno Smith story? Now, you say to yourself, come on. They struggle, can't handle the pressure, kind of immature first start, bounce around the league, and then go to a place that's got some star receivers, low expectations, geographically far northwest, down in Tampa, not a lot of heat, and they're pretty good. Why couldn't it be that? Baker was better in Cleveland than Geno was in New York. Why couldn't it be that? I think this football team is way better than I thought, and let's say they win eight games. Nine games. 
I think you could have absolutely with this roster a Geno Smith story. In that division, you tell me they can't sneak into the playoffs? I mean, Carolina rookie quarterback, Atlanta, meh, humbled like Geno Smith, matured like Geno Smith. Why not? Um, I think they could have a – I mean, look, you have a defensive-minded coach. You have uh, – I've told you before, Baker's better as an underdog than he is as a favorite, and it is an exceptionally weak division. All of those things absolutely play into the favor of the Tampa Buccaneers. Um, on the other hand, and hasn't our entire impression of the Tampa Buccaneers changed? Like, they are – not part of the discussion at all. Now, they got Philly coming in on Monday night. Did people even know they got Philly coming in? And remember, they beat the Vikings, who haven't won a game, and they beat the Bears, who haven't won a game. And uh, uh, they need the Vikings to kind of spit up all over themselves in order to win. After that, they go to the Saints. They still have to go to Buffalo, take on the Bills. They have to go to the Niners. They have to go to the Packers. And, of course, they had the divisional games. Could they win nine? Yes. Are they winning Monday night? No. That's what the Fox said. What does the Fox say? Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare there's no distance too far for the perfect trip hi checking in for or the perfect table hey where are you and when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. 
You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. Let's find out who's annoying Jason Stewart. And now, it's your annoying. Uh, Jay Stu, by the way, my boy Rob, who listens to the podcast and radio show Rob, okay. often. Okay. Rob um, said he loves my crew better than other crews on other shows. I won't name names of the other shows that he pointed out. And he mentioned you specifically said he wants to have a beer with you. Wow. And invited us to a Rams game, Ramos. He's got really, really good 50-yard line Rams seats. Now my ears have perked up. Okay. Um, wow. So Rob gives you guys a shout-out. We want to thank, thank Rob. Thank you, Rob. He's got, uh, Rob's got good taste. Um, I could tell already that, that I'm going to like and, this guy. And here's, a, here's another note about Rob. I'm, I'm probably giving away too many details. But you know the Ferris Bueller house? Do you know where that's located? No. No. It's actually in Long Beach. Okay. So that really cool house with the half circular drive and white with green awning yeah. front, you know, that you see in Ferris, the Ferris Bueller house in several of the shots, yeah. that's Long Beach. That's his neighbor. Wow. It's pretty cool. Like I, one time I dropped my son off at the house or whatever. And then he's like, check out the house next door. I was like, that looks just like Ferris Bueller's house. He's like, that's exactly what it is. So I'm putting things together here. He's got enough cash. To have fifty yard line tickets no, for the Rams. No, it's, it's uh, the the company he works for. He's not. And he, I think he, he does lives well. Next to Ferris Bueller, I think it's Rob Schneider. <laughs> That's what it is. It's Rob Schneider. That's exactly who it is. That's a lot to talk about. Uh, who's Rob. annoying you? Um, let's start with this. Somebody um, asked Patrick Mahomes, who is facing the Bears this weekend, if he had any advice for what Justin Fields to Justin Fields for what he's going through, trust your talent, trust your instincts. Uh, he's here for a reason. Um, he's made a lot of big plays happen in the NFL and in college, wherever he's been. So just trust in your instincts, um, and then go out there and be the player that you've always been. Just not against us, hopefully. So you know that that's that's pretty um, easy, lazy advice, whatever. But the annoying part for me is this: Patrick Mahomes is always gonna say the right thing that's i'm not worried about that the question where are the questions coming from we've really reached this soft part in society where we're actually going to ask the opposing quarterback of a team that's playing the team this weekend if he has any advice for the other quarterback like if patrick mahomes wasn't this buttoned up guy who always says the right things i think his answer could be why would i give him an inch of an, of an advantage? Why would I give him any any consolation? I want him to be miserable on Sunday so we can kick their ass. The, the root of where the question's coming from is what annoys me here, Doug, is that a reporter feels compelled to be like, oh, we're all, everything's nice. It's nice radio, nice football, nice NFL. A quarterback must have advice for another advice. Have we really gone that soft, Doug? Uh, yes, we actually have. We, this is, it's the most annoying thing we do. Like, what is he supposed to say? Right. You know, what is he supposed to say? And, and, and again, Pat gave him a great answer. You know, he gave him the kind of classic, this is the quarterback answer you're supposed to get. But yes, we have got, that's, that's where we are in media. On the other hand, like softball questions like that are what happens when, you know, dudes push back against anything of substance. I guess. I just hate it. 
So how about this? Uh, again, the second item is another reporter. Somebody asked uh, Justin Herbert if his team is panicked right now. We believe in everyone in this in this organization, and you know things haven't gone our way the past couple of games. But panicking is is never going to fix anything, and so you know it's up to us to be able to fix that as an offense, score more points. And you know we believe in the defense, and sometimes we're going to score a bunch of points, and sometimes we're not. But it's up to us as a team to play together. And this is again another pet peeve of mine. What else is he going to say, right? But I think reporters give athletes an out when they say, "Is the room panicked? Is there panic in that locker room? Are you panicked?" Like, panic is such an extreme word, it gives the athlete an easy It's called out. a trigger word. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know no if we've had panicked. this discussion, but yeah. when I was at ESPN, we had a guy named John Sawatsky. That's right. And John Sawatsky trained people how to ask questions. And what he would say is, avoid trigger words, like panic. And he would actually show videos of, like, uh, Larry King asking what were terrible questions. Right? Did you panic? Because then what happens is, with the trigger word, you answer that word, not the overall sense of the question. Instead, what you're supposed to do is, what was the react- what's the reaction been like, or how would you characterize the mood in the locker room after losing t- to the Tennessee Titans? And then if he says, there's no panic... Well, that's different. Then, then panic becomes the word that you can talk about. He introduced a, the word. And, correct. Yeah, that, Instead, that's a great you introduce the word. So uh, there's a bunch of rules to it, and I try and ab- adhere to it when I do interviews. So if you, so first is you always go in chronological order, because that's how the brain works. Start at the beginning, wherever you end, that's fine. But don't go because if I start asking you about the fourth quarter, I can't go. Hey, oh yeah, I, back in the first quarter on third and seven, like. You know, or if you get to 2022, you don't go, oh, wait, 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 take me back, flashback to 2018. That's really hard for somebody to mentally do on the fly. So chronological order, no double headers. You know what double header is? Uh, give him uh, one question to answer. Yes, and multiple and questions, other. you know. And they people do this a lot of times when asking presidents things because they're only going to get one question. So they say, you know, and then they'll ask bad questions within the double headers. Is there panic in the locker room? And do you guys think Brandon Staley's in the hot seat, right? Those are two terrible trigger words, doubleheader questions. So no doubleheaders, because you know what happens when you ask somebody a doubleheader? They always either, one, answer the easier of the two questions, or two, they just answer however they want. That has nothing to do with the questions. Another one's when they say, like, let me answer answer the first question last. And you're like, what? (laughs) And then they never get to the first question. They just answer the easier one. So my, my advice is whenever I tune into like a debate show and it's like panic meter, you know, I don't want panic. Panic is too extreme. I want level of concern. Just give me a level of concern you have. At that Le- point, level you, of concern you meter. could expound because that's, on that. The problem with that is that's too realistic. You're assuming there's concern, maybe. That's too realistic. Yeah. Um, Marlon Humphrey, he's a current defensive back for the Ravens, but I think he's injured. He did a podcast and it got on the subject of uh, Bill Belichick. Is Belichick elite or is Tom Brady elite? That's the million-dollar question. It's looking more like Brady, but it is what it is. I don't know if Belichick was ever daggum dirty. Wow. Did you, get, did you get check that? Did you check that? <laughs> what? Dude, what? If they're washed, they had to have been <laughs> dirty. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Belichick was never whoa, that whoa, guy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, yeah, I, mean, I, I 
I'm saying Tom Brady's. I, uh, they were together though. You can't say it was one of the. Yeah, but Tom won one without him. Uh, like if this year still goes down, it's like is that three that's been losing seasons? Mm-hmm. This is the year. And this is the same for Bam. Hey, it's all pendings, but it's looking like some people are getting washed. Okay, so uh, Belichick getting washed, and he's not elite without Tom Brady. A couple of things to know you about this one, Doug, right? Uh, a lot of things to know you about this one. You know? Um, you, I, you would One would think that Marlon Humphrey, who has been in the league long enough, would understand that great coaching doesn't always end up winning a Super Bowl, just like great playing doesn't always end up winning a Super Bowl. And the reality is that when Brady left, when Brady left, it, the, the, the run was clearly ending, but the first year without him, remember that was the COVID year, they had, I think, nine opt-outs, mostly on defense. They were in cap hell, and the only thing they could come up with quarterback-wise was Cam Newton, who couldn't throw a fucking football. Threw for less than 100 yards three different times in the season. And they still won seven games that year. You want to know the truth? He should have been coach of the decade for winning seven games with Cam Newton, who can't throw a fucking football. Right? Then he gets uh, Mac Jones, who falls to him. And you can say what you want about Mac Jones, but the Niners, clearly Kyle Shanahan wanted him ahead of Trey Lance. And as a rookie, they made the playoffs. Last year was a disaster. Last year was bad. But it wasn't like they won two games. Um, it's really, really, this is a hard league. And oh yeah, by the way, you, you beat up on the Bills and the Dolphins and the Jets for 20 years. And guess what? They ended up having better players because they were constantly drafting in the top five, top 10. And then both of them figured out their quarterback. So it's a culmination of things that took place. But I guess here's my issue. Right? Tom Brady played three seasons in Tampa. His three seasons in Tampa, that was the other two teams, uh, other two teams not named New Orleans, were bad, right? So there's some similarities to when he was with the Patriots. Atlanta was bad, and Carolina was bad. Right? The year they won the Super Bowl, his first year, Let's remember they were a wild card. They had to win three games on the road. They did. But after that, it was not great. And if we, if you want to tell me that it was and that Brady was great, it's like, why do we only give Tom Brady credit for when he's won games, not when he's lost games? Yeah, the, the deifying of Tom Brady and the... The shunning of Tom Brady, of uh, uh, of Tom Brady, the deifying of Tom Brady, and then all of a sudden, you know, trying to expose, if you will, Bill Belichick as being anything other than a spectacular coach, is really, really lost on everybody who pays any sort of attention in the coaching world. Belichick's great, Brady's great. Their marriage produced six Super Bowl titles, nine Super Bowl appearances. Marlon Humphrey's better off getting back on the field. Although, look, he's a good talker, and even he should know better. That's what's annoying! Why are we doing this? Why do I? Because we can. Aaron Boone is a former broadcaster, but um, he gets very blue when he gets thrown out of uh, baseball games. I think you're going to be able to hear this stuff pretty clearly. 
tonight. I know you have the biggest zone in the league. You must fucking know it too. The Golden Jones is not fucking That is worse than the one you just fought over here. Just so you fucking know. Okay? You must do you know it if you think that's a strike. You think that's a strike? I, and I, when I'm wrong, I come out and I say, he's having a hell of a night so far. I know you got the biggest zone in the league. You must know it too. Fucking tighten it up. That shit is fucking down. That last bitch is not fucking close. Just like multiple F-bombs um, caught on a hot mic on live television from Aaron Boone. Seems to get thrown out once a week. Well, it's been frustrating, but he also has given a It also shows those guys are given a lot of leeway, isn't it? You know? Yes. And, yes. Um, I'd love to hear an umpire say back, your team's horrible. You should be in the playoffs right now, and you're a suck as a manager because well, you that, can't get him in. The, there, was the man, there was the umpire... A couple days ago, who there's a video of him, somebody saying, fuck me, no, fuck you, you're out of here, right? <laughs> Which is beautiful. I love it. Why can we play it for you? Because we can. By the way, Aaron Boone, Villa Park High School, Orange County. Just want to point that one. Eric Chenoweth? Uh, Eric Chenoweth, also Villa Park High School. Uh, El Medina High School is not only my brother, but also Freddie Freeman. I'm Freddie Freeman. Those Casey Shine went to El Casey Medina. Shine as well. Very right? That's in the same. They're both in the Orange Unified School District. Let's get you our pick of the day. Okay, sir, the bet is to you. All in, baby! It's time for the pick of the day. Chargers opened up as a point and a half favorite at Minnesota. It's, we're getting a must-win time for the L.A. Chargers, and I actually think they're going to win. I don't think Minnesota's particularly good. There's a lot of talk about them ditching Kirk Cousins, getting that salary off of their plate, the likelihood of them having a successful playoff run is 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 not great. The offensive line isn't anything special. And look, the Chargers do have two losses in games they should have won. And maybe this is me, you know, get you know buying into the Chargers are really good when they're just going to let you down. But I think they're demonstrably better than the Minnesota Vikings. I think road games matter a lot less now than they ever used to. Even in Minnesota, tough place to play, especially for the Chargers who have played so many road games when they're at home. Give me the Chargers, and I'm getting a point as well, so it's a little bit more money on the money line. Let's welcome in Jared Smith, Fox Sports Radio betting analyst, co-host of Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff, which airs um, Saturday with Rich Hornberger, Brian No. Every Saturday, though, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time, listen live on our Fox Sports Radio affiliates or the iHeartRadio app, presented by BetMG. M. Thanks so much for taking time with us. Um, let's. Uh, there's so many good games this weekend. Let's start with Notre Dame taking on Ohio State. I can't really work in the stats of the year because neither have played anybody, but it is fair to say that Ohio State's offense has been okay. Um, their defense has looked to be spectacular, but again, some of that is it's just a physical mismatch. Ohio State's a, is it still at seven, a seven-point road favorite in South Bend. Who do you like? Yeah, it's it's looking um, actually like it's trending a little bit more towards three here for Ohio State. Whoa. So it, it, if you want to lay it with the Buckeyes, you only have to lay three. And, and it's kind of an interesting line because when I look at Ohio State... It, it was offense, seven at one point in time, was it not? I think earlier in this I week. Think the, I think the, like the early number probably was seven. And okay. Notre Dame's number was raised uh, uh, significantly, especially since the preseason because I think Sam Hartman's looked really good and obviously Ohio State and say what you I, I, I think Kyle McCord's a tough handicap at this point. I 
you know, some people saying this week, oh, now he's been named the starter. Maybe, you know, some of the pressure is off. He's not looking over his shoulder. And I think that's a fair assessment. But when I dig into the numbers, I see a guy that really struggles to push the ball down the field. So against Indiana, Youngstown, and Western Kentucky, only 11 for 29 on throws 10 yards or more with three turnover-worthy plays. And that's despite having Marvin Harrison Jr. and I would say one of the best receiving groups in the country. So I think Kyle McCord's overall numbers look good, but when you dig a little deeper against those three very subpar opponents, clearly pushing the ball down the field and and, and making a a, a one-dimensional offense two-dimensional has been an issue so far. And we'll see how Notre Dame's defense handles that. On the other side, listen, Sam Hartman's been great. You want to talk about the opposite of the numbers I just gave you for Kyle McCord, Hartman 11 of 19 on throws 20 or more yards down the field. Eight touchdowns, no picks, zero turnover-worthy plays. He has been everything as advertised for this Notre Dame offense. I think the running game has been better than expected. Estime has been fantastic. He's actually the highest-graded running back, according to Pro Football Focus right now. The offensive line at the corners is good, at the tackle spots. I think the interior is a little bit of a weak spot. And maybe that's where Ohio State's defense, which is elite, they're giving up just three and a half yards per play, it's best in the nation. That's where I think Ohio State can maybe have some success, getting some pressure up the middle on Notre Dame. We saw NC State sack Hartman four times. So we'll see what the, what the matchup within the matchup is, and maybe Notre Dame has some kind of a counter with you know slowing down some of that pressure. But I think quarterback room advantage Notre Dame, I think defense room, I would give the advantage to Ohio State. So that's clearly going to be the more important matchup, strength on strength. And can Kyle McCord push the ball down the field and loosen up that Notre Dame defense? I think that's going to be a key to this one. Um, all right, we got we got an unbelievable slate of games. So did, did, did you give me a pick? Uh, I, I would say I, I would take Ohio State in this one. I, I think th- I think they're trying to bait you with the three Notre Dame, but I don't love this number to be perfectly honest with you. I think the, I think it's priced fair, and I think if Ohio State plays well, if Kyle McCord plays well, I think they go in and get a win. Oklahoma is uh, traveling Cincinnati, and uh, this is one of those games where uh, Cincinnati's this is their first foray into the Big Twelve, and they're getting an Oklahoma team that has not played particularly good opponents. I mean, two terrible teams. But um, it's not like Cincinnati is world beaters, right? They beat Pittsburgh in a close game on the road and then lost at home to Miami of Ohio in overtime just last week. The number is 14 and a half. The total is 57 and a half. Oklahoma's demolished two of their three opponents. SMU is a close game. It's the only decent team they've played. Who do you like mm. and why? Yeah, I think this one I would probably favor the home dog. I, I, I was a little bit – I was a little bit – interested in to see how Oklahoma would come out against Tulsa last week because I didn't think they played well against SMU. And I give them credit. They took care of business. But, man, Tulsa was just so bad in so many areas. I think Cincinnati's going to be a little more buttoned up defensively. I'll be honest. I haven't loved what I've seen from Emory Jones, the transfer quarterback. But I think if he does enough, I do think Oklahoma's defense can be had. And, man, they, they have not been tested so far. Even even SMU, I think, who had a little bit of a of an of an advantage perhaps in, in some spots, really didn't test the Sooners. I think Cincinnati's gonna run the ball. They're gonna be really physical in this game. They're gonna try to, and they're gonna try to get Jones on the edge with his mobility because that's what he's really strong at. He's got a lot of experience, he's a senior, he's played a lot of football, but we haven't seen the numbers really pop yet. QBR is sitting eh, I would call it middle of the road. Again, this is his third program in three years, came from Florida, then Arizona State last year, and now he's playing in his sixth season of college 
college football. So I think the experience is there. And you can say the same thing about Dylan Gabriel, two of the most experienced quarterbacks in the country playing in this game. But I think physicality is, is a thing for Oklahoma that they've struggled with. And I, they, weren't, they didn't have to play physical last week. I think they're going to have to play physical this week to beat Cincinnati. I think that's where maybe the Bearcats can find a little bit of an edge. And you give me 14.5 points at home for a team that I think has a chance to be more physical. And I think Oklahoma very untested so far. I, I really struggle to lay it with the Sooners. Um, okay. Uh, let's, let's get to a, probably the most discussed game of the week which is Oregon welcoming in Colorado. And obviously Oregon's going to play without Travis Hunter, but um, the line has been off in all of their games, right? What do you think about this line at 21 points? Yeah, what a volatile team this year. And, and I've been doing a lot of uh, videos for Fox, and I feel like, uh, you know, Oregon and Colorado, this has been the most, just Colorado in general. I, I'm probably going to do a video analyzing Colorado's line and, and how the market's moved on them every week this season because it's such a fascinating case study. And Travis Hunter, speaking of fascinating case studies, everyone that I hear from this week say says you're going to move the Colorado number more for him than you would for any other non-quarterback in the entire country because he plays both sides of the ball. And on the defensive side of the ball, I think is more impactful this week because you're facing Bo Nix and a really good Oregon offense. And Travis Hunter, I think, is one of the best cover corners in the country. At least that's how he's being graded right now. So I'm seeing about one and a half to two points. We're moving Colorado's number because of just Travis Hunter missing the game. And the other issue is I don't think Colorado has a ton of depth behind Hunter at the cornerback position. A lot of freshman backups and some transfers. So I think this is going to be a field day kind of game for Bo Nix. Now, you're right about the number. They've obviously exceeded expectations, this Colorado team, so far. They have several high-end players. But the question marks and the reason why their number was so low heading into the season was the depth. And now we are seeing the attrition start to play a factor. I think the Hunter injury is the, is the tip of the iceberg. I think we started to see the offensive line break down in the Nebraska game. But let's be honest, Nebraska couldn't even catch the snap. Meanwhile, TCU, you go back to the TCU game, multiple red zone turnovers, and then on fourth and two is when they scored their game-winning touchdown. And then, of course, last week they were down double digits in the fourth quarter. You can make a strong case that Colorado should be 0-3 straight up. And then it's obviously a very different conversation. I think Coach Prime is fantastic for college football. I think this is a great story. But as a team in terms of success, I think this is the week where you're like, wow, Colorado's way behind Oregon. And think about it from a line analysis perspective, Doug. I was thinking about this. Colorado was a 21-point dog to TCU on the road. Fine. 21-point dog to Oregon on the road. The odds now would be about Oregon minus 14 against TCU. So just taking that matchup analysis and seeing that maybe this is finally the end of the road for that Colorado team, I think this is the week where Oregon probably stretches their legs, and I just don't have a lot of faith Colorado. Yeah, I mean, you know, but you, you, you do understand that now you're a hater. Um, <laughs> and, oh, I'm just an Jared, Jared, sorry, also a racist. <laughs> Also, hater and racist, and you yeah, don't right, right. you don't get the prime effect because you're actually looking at it like a real sport. Yeah, it's a real <laughs> like, sport. Objectively, but that's the thing about it. I think what he's doing is great for college football. No, no one I disputes mean, no no one disputes that. that. I, I I'm not yeah. disputing that. I agree. I don't think everything is is great. Everything is perfect. Like showing showing off watches and stuff is you know and sure like whatever. And and I didn't love that Shador just kind of made up the deal about Matt Rule. Like, that's, I don't know, what are we doing here? Matt Rule didn't talk shit about your dad or about your program yeah. or whatever. Um, no proof otherwise. But I think overall, absolutely. I mean, he's, 
Colorado hasn't. I, I, no one's talked about Colorado this much since Eric Bieniemy and since the quarterback had a baby with the daughter of the coach. Right? That was it's great be- for the ratings too. I mean, Unbelievable! It's, it's Everybody loves the, it. It's great for the conference. It's 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 good. It's great for the Pac-12 this year. I mean, it's but it's good for the Big 12 next year. It's good. Yeah. It's fun. But like again, at some point, you football. you mentioned the attrition is a real thing. A real thing. I'll give you one that's, it's not necessarily on your board, but I'm concerned as attrition is BYU takes on Kansas. I think BYU's, yeah. no one's talking about Kalani Sataki and they brought in 60 new players in their own rights. But you go play an SEC team in a close game, that beats you up. Now you got to go play KU on the road. That, that, that becomes a much more difficult game. And we're getting to that point in the season, not just on these ranked on ranked games. But the hardest thing, and you see it in the NFL, it's a little bit easier, and I do this every week in the NFL. Doug, I spend more time handicapping injuries in the NFL than the actual games now. It, it's, it really is part, more part of the sport than I can ever imagine. Granted, I'm only 37 years old. I've only been really doing this for 10, 15 years. But to me, the injury element of this sport every single week, it is, it, it is more part of the conversation, I think, on the gambling side because it impacts the point spread than how Shador Sanders is going to play this week? Because I just those when when those like we we know what the baseline is for that. Even if he has a really good game or a really bad game, it's not going to fluctuate too much in terms of the number. The injuries, who plays, is everything in football, especially at the college level. When one or two players, like at the Colorado situation, Hunter and Sanders, if those guys miss, I mean, it just it changes everything. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Okay, let's let's get to a couple of these other ones. Ole Miss taking on Alabama. Alabama has made yet another quarterback change. And, of course, we know Ole Miss has been able to score against Alabama, um, which is troublesome because Alabama, their offense doesn't look great so far this year. Bama's a six-and-a-half point favorite at home. The total's 55-and-a-half. I think this is like the bottom basement pricing on Bama this year. I, I, I can't imagine a spot... And they've been favored in, like, I think the numbers, like 100 straight games at home. It's, like, absurd. Um, but I can't imagine them in a spot not against an elite team. And I love Ole Miss. Great story. You know, you know the coach is really interesting, and they've got some good players. But at the end of the day, they're, they're I would say, a middling, Ole Miss, uh, a middling SEC team. For Alabama to be favored by less than a touchdown at home against one of those teams is is pretty eye-opening. And it, I love the – I feel like this only happens in the SEC – because there's so much familiarity amongst all the coaching staff, but these, these coaches just keep taking shots at each other in the media, and it's hilarious. So Bama's old defensive coordinator, Pete Golding, is now the current Ole Miss D.C., so I would imagine Ole Miss is going to have a lot of interesting you know, checks and calls that they'll probably know um, just based off that familiarity alone. But then Lane Kiffin this week taking shots at the new Bama defensive coordinator, uh, Kevin Steele, saying that when he was watching the game film from last week, it actually looks like the cornerback coach, Traveris Robinson's calling the plays. And I think he was saying it tongue in cheek because, you know, usually one guy calls the plays and then one guy signals it in. So it's fair that both guys are kind of in on the call, but it's just, they're just kind of taking these shots at each other. And it's so funny to see this. There's not much love loss, obviously, between these two programs. But when you get inside the lines, I think Ole Miss's offense can pose some problems for, for Alabama's defense. Jackson Dart looks good. 
touchdown inter- interception ratio is solid. The adjusted accuracy rate's good. I think their wide receiver group is explosive. And Bama's defense has been underwhelming at times, especially in the secondary. On the other side for Bama, we get Milrow back. And I think Tommy Reese just has to make it really simple for him because Ole Miss defensively has a ton of holes. And the running game for, for Milrow has been fantastic, over nine yards to carry on design runs. But Reese has only called five design runs in two games for Milrow. So it, just make it easy for him. One read, wide receiver screens, draws quarterback runs I think if you just give him like the best stuff like the classic hits this week for Milrow I think Bama's got enough to win this game and cover the spread all right I got two more quick ones okay um UCLA taking on Utah Cam Rising is apparently going to play and that number has jumped up in Salt Lake yeah, and that, I think that a lot of variance in this game because of that. We don't know how, how Cam Rising's going to look, how he feels. We haven't seen him play. And I think UCLA's offense has a little something here with this true freshman quarterback, Dante Moore. He's a five-star kid. They've got a nice running back to transfer from Car- uh, Ball State, Carson Steele. I think UCLA's offense has a chance to pose some problems here. If this number gets north of seven, I think I'd love to come back on UCLA. Um, okay, last one is Oregon State. Uh, I got actually two more. Sorry. Oregon State taking on Wazoo. Um, We saw We did see Colorado State last week. Don't know if there's a correlation, but Wazoo crushed Colorado State uh, in the Palouse. Oregon State, obviously, DJ Ungalele has had a nice start. They're a good story uh, in Corvallis. The only two teams left in the pack, two. Washington State's a three-point dog at home. The total's 58.5. I was surprised the number was short. So Wisconsin, two weeks ago, was laying more than a field goal in this exact same spot at Washington State. And I think a lot of really smart college football people would put Oregon State ahead of of Wisconsin right now based off of the defense, the coaching, Luke Fickles in his first year. So I I thought I was surprised to see less than a field goal. My guess is we get to three and maybe three and a half. Anything less than a field goal, I'm betting Oregon State. I love this Oregon State defense. DJU has to be a little more efficient. And I think he has to be a little more decisive. But the running game is solid. Martinez is averaging almost nine yards a carry. And the Cougars' defense can be had. I think it's Oregon at three or less for me. Penn State in the, in the uh, whiteout game taking on Iowa. Of course, everybody's wondering if Brian Ferentz can get to 15 points. It's a 15-point spread. Yeah. And the total is 40. So you do the math. <laughs> and they're not expecting a whole lot from Iowa in this game. Um, Kate McNamara looks... I mean, I, he feels like his legs, legs are about to give out on every play. Um, and six yards per attempt, so they're not getting a ton of explosives. Penn State's going to load up the box. They're going to dare McNamara to beat them. And I think the, the Hawkeyes O-line can hold up well at times, but Manny Diaz, and we talked about him a couple times this year already, so I, I, think, this is, I think this defense is, is the absolute tops. The scheme, the havoc, the pressure rate, now they're volatile. They'll give up a lot of explosive plays and they'll miss some tackles, but can Iowa really take advantage of that? So I, I think this is a bad matchup for, for Iowa's offense. On the offensive side for Penn State, I like what I've seen from Aller so far, but really tough to quantify because they played just three cupcakes. And Iowa's reloaded a lot on defense. I mean, they had two, two of the top 18 picks in the NFL were Iowa defenders. So I'm not surprised that their defense hasn't been as fierce, and they'll get a, they'll, they'll get a stiff step up in class this week. I think Penn State wins. If they cover the spread, eh, line's probably right, but I, I think Penn State wins this game pretty uh, decisively. Jared Smith, Fox Sports Radio betting analyst, co-host of Fox Sports Radio's Countdown to Kickoff with Rich Ornberger and Brian No airs each Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time to noon Eastern Time. Listen live on our Fox Sports Radio affiliates or the iHeartRadio app. It's presented by BetMGM. Jared, thanks so much for joining us. Doug, have a good one.
That's it for the In the Bonus podcast. Check out the radio show, which follows this on the pod if you just let it roll in. Or listen live at 3 o'clock Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. I'm Doug Gottlieb. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.